Well, hello again, Dale Brisby here, and uh, we've got another episode of Rodeo Time Podcast coming at you, and we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to answer a lot of your questions about horses, and we're going to talk about bucking horses, we're going to talk about ranch horses, a little bit about what it might cost you to own one, um, how to find one, and uh, tell a quick little story about one of the recent horses that we that we lost, God rest his soul, on the ranch. And uh, what else do we talk about, Dale? That's about it. It's all horses. Pretty informative, but then you also get just the uh, the clever humor of Dale Brisby along the way. So if you're wondering about horses, this is the podcast for you. And uh, thank you for tuning in. We'd like to thank our, our sponsors of the podcast for this one, uh, Total Feeds, uh, bringing you the, uh, the equine of Radiator Ranch and also Rock and Roll Denim reflex specifically the vintage fit that's what i go for when i'm swinging a leg over one so check out thank you to our sponsors check them out total feeds rock and roll denim dalebrisby.com now on to the podcast old son rodeo time gotta get her on down the road Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Rodeo Time, the podcast. This is your man, Dale Brisby. I'm out here uh, bucking stock around the clock, old son. Just like the shirt says, I went 90 in Winnebago. Uh, speaking of, where'd you go over your fourth run, Dale? Well, I went to, uh, let me think, Pueblo, Pocatello, Winnebago. I don't remember. I don't have time to list them all out for you guys right now. But I know what you're wondering. Why are you recording this podcast in late July in Winnebago? I figured you'd still be on your fourth run, Dale. I figured you wouldn't come back till September. No, 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 no. Let me let me explain something to you. I'm the greatest of all time. I don't even have to start my season till September. It ends October 1st. Your boy, I, yeah, I got a lot of catching up to do, but all I got to do is get on them, okay? And now you're wondering, does that mean you're going to make a run for the finals, Dale? And go with your old buddy JB. And I'm going to answer your question with a question. How much is Las Vegas going to add at the finals for me to be entered? Okay. But, excuse me. That was, I re- that was really an accident. Um, most of the time it's not, but that time it was. How much are they going to add for me to go to the finals? That's my question for you. Because that's what it takes. You guys like, hey, Dale, when you going to come to our local rodeo? Hey, Dale, you want to foot race me? Like, how much is added is my next question. Also, I need to find my rigging bag and my bull rope because they are somewhere, and I haven't seen them in a while. Spirit Airlines, am I right? (laughs) Or was it Delta? Anyways, one of those airlines lost my rigging bag. I hadn't got it back yet. Uh, But JB, JB's going to be there, and, um, you know, I'm going to have some of his merch in my booth. Because I do his merch for him. Um, and and we're going to probably be hanging out in Vegas, I think. I haven't talked to him in a while because he got a new number. If Does anybody have his new number? If anybody out there listening to this has his new number, please text it to me. Because I think he got one somewhere around 14 months ago. That was the last time I heard from him. But, but I, I'm pretty sure he got a new number. Somebody text it to me. I'll forever indebted to you. Text it to 940-353-0890. That's my number. So text me JB's number if you have it, 940-353-0890. Also, if you're interested in the um, the signed JB Mooney posters that come out, 
those will be available on the website and usually I text out when they come out available. So text JB space poster, JB poster to 940-353-0890 if you want to be notified of when those those uh, signed caps or signed posters come out. From JB Mooney, um, it's funny how <laughs> he'll he'll give me an address to send the check to, but he won't, you know, let me come hang out. It's it's not his address. He has it he has it forwarded, and he's very secretive and won't let me hang out with him. But nonetheless, my fourth run was great. Okay, it was a blessing. GTG, glory to God, and um, that's what that's what I've been saying. So here we go. We got a lot to talk about today. Not just my Fourth of July run. Not just my best friend JB Mooney, who I've mentored into all the success he's having right now, but also horses. You know, we put it out there like, hey, what questions do you have? I'm not an expert on horses, but pretty close. Um, also, you know, we, we recently lost a horse, and I'll, I'll tell that story later. But um, essentially, we put out a Q&A on Instagram like we sometimes do, and I allow you guys to ask questions. And most of the questions I answer, I'll put repost on my story so everybody can see the answer. Some of those are kind of private, and I'll just privately message the person the answer to that question. So um, <clears throat> this one, like I said, was primarily about horses. So we're going to get into it. Uh, you know, I just my background with them, I, just raised, I was raised around them you know, um, ranching and rodeoing. And so as far as like inside of a horse, I'm not like a veterinarian, but you know, I've been around them my whole life. I probably know way more about how they act rather than their health and wellness. But so long as you know the basics so that you can keep them alive. Thoroughbreds or quarter horses, Dale? I put a picture of Boone and said, guess. No, the, the, you know, there's a, there's a need out there for every horse, every kind of horse, I'm sure. You know, a thoroughbred, an Arabian, someone asked me about later, um, an Appaloosa. You know, those are some, there, there's a need for those horses. I don't have that need. So I've got mainly quarter horses. My bucking horses are a mix. Um, how much does it cost you to have a horse? And this one is where it gets interesting. This is, is one of... You know, we've got a lot of listeners out there that have, you know, you don't have a horse. Maybe you live in the city and you'd like to be around horses, which is a thousand percent a good idea. You know, I don't blame you. That's what I'm doing. Um, so I get kind of into the weeds about what it costs to, and some of the things you might want to be mindful of. And I, first off, it's the horse. You know, you can spend anywhere from twenty five hundred dollars to five thousand seventy five hundred. $12,000 for a horse, depending on what you are going to use him for. So if you want to be competitive in the rodeo arena, you better have, you know, a grade A type pony. If you can't make him, you're going to have to pay for him. That rule applies to any, you know, area of the industry you're going to go into. Ranching, if you can't make him, you're going to have to pay for him. So you see, that's why you see a lot of guys like cowboys, day workers, they are constantly making horses. They're either going to trade them or it's it's something they're going to use or keep for their family. You know, you don't see a whole lot of them spend a lot of money on a horse because they've got the ability to make the horse. Now, if you're not if you're not making your living horseback, then you may not have the time to make a horse. 
that's a little different scenario. You know, if you've got a nine to five or a family, then you might want to buy a finished horse. However nice that horse is going to be is going to determine the cost. So, you know, sometimes you can get a deal where you pay very little for a really nice horse. Um, I say that just to say it, it, the rule of you get what you pay for doesn't always apply because somebody might be horse poor. They got a ton of horses, you know, and, um, and they're willing to let go of something that fits your needs for a little bit less because they're going to sell these others for a lot more. So it just depends on where you're at, who you know, which is everything in life, and that's going to determine whether or not you can get yourself a, a, an affordable type horse. Enough about that. I'm sorry. I'm not going to spend this much time on each question, I promise. Um, next, it goes into you're going to spend at least 100 to $200 on hay and feed. All right. Whether you keep them at your house or someone else, you got to pay for the hay and feed. Um, I put on here another 100 to $200 on boarding if you don't own your own place. But I got a few messages from people that said if you can find somewhere for that cheap, then you're in, you know, like that's just crazy low. You know, and there were people, one lady said anywhere from 500 to 3,000. I thought 3,000 was a little silly. Like, unless you live in downtown New York and you've got something like in the suburbs, and I mean, like, $3,000 for somebody to, for a horse to live in a barn, like, that's, ugh. Anyhow, um, I guarantee you didn't pay $2,500 for that horse if you're, if you're spending $3,000 a month on rent. Uh, saddle pads, bits, halters, feed troughs, they're, they're not typically cheap. Um, and, and someone asked me later where to get stuff like that. And here in Texas, we've got every town has a feed store. You know, there's a big, there's NRS world, there's uh Teskies. Those are like, ta- like mega superstores for tack and, uh, all things alike. And then, and then you got to consider vet bills, like, because if it's a, you know, they always say it happens to the good ones, you know, so like the few times Boone has had something happen, you know, like you're going to spend money on him. You love this animal, then, and all of a sudden, like Boone, Boone broke his, it's, it's the middle of his forehead. It's actually like where you would think his brain is, because on humans, that's where it is. Um, like right between his eyes, you would think like, oh, well, that's his brain. But no, like he, he punctured a hole literally draw a line from eye to eye and in the middle of his head there's a hole in the middle of his head like i sh- you know he wheeled around i saw it happen and um you could put your finger in there but he was fine his eyes rolled to the back of his head and he kind of snorted out a little bit of blood and he was fine we took him to the vet and they fixed him right up because that was his sinuses his brain is like you got to draw an eye between uh, an x but from ear to eye from other ear to eye you draw an x and that's that's their brain so anyhow that was a very scary moment for me. But the point is, is like, I don't care if I got to carry him. I'm taking him to the vet and I don't care what they charge me. Fix this horse. He is my family. You know what I mean? Um, so you got to be prepared to pay those vet bills because when they come up, if you're a responsible, you know, animal owner, then you're going to spend it. Now talking about that, like I said, he's family. Like, yeah, like I love Boone and that, but if I have to pick between saving, you know, we're on the, something happens and I got to pick between saving Boone and saving this stranger I don't know. I'm saving the stranger. I'm sorry, Boone. I'll, I'll catch you later, but we got to save, you know, human life is way more. I'm not going to get into the weeds about that, but 
hopefully I just I don't think that people should treat animals better than humans. That's me personally. Um even if somebody I disagree with, like, look, uh sucks that we disagree, but I'm gonna have to save you over my dog or my animal. And I know everybody's joking, like, no, heck no, man, I'd let this over this look at this dog here like, but at the end of the day, Hopefully you all agree with me deep down. How old is Boone? 21 years old. April 6, 2000 is his birthday. Or it might be April 7. My, my dad's birthday was April 6th, and then my grandmother's is April 7th, and he shares a birthday with my grandmother. So it's April 7, the year 2000. Um, it was, was, was his, year, his year model. So 21 years ago. Man. And still ranching. The, his main job is picking up, and it's all thanks to uh, Total Feeds. What horse breed are broncs usually? I said they can be anything so long as the horse wants to buck. Sometimes they're quarter horses off of a ranch that just never want to quit bucking. Like the horse never wants to quit bucking, not the ranch never wants to quit bucking. Most of the time they're bred to buck, and it will be a mixture of big feather-footed outlaws that have more want to than Donnie's mom. I didn't remember putting that, but that's kind of funny. <laughs> so you, you could have a, a, an array of things in there. Like you could have like some some quarter horse and maybe some draft or perch your own. Like there's no telling like what gets down into the, the bloodlines of some of those bucking horses. But like Boone will buck. We had a horse um, that was out of a peppy sand badger and he was his number was four. And this was a bucking scamp, but he came, he had papers and, and he came fresh off of a ranch and just didn't want to quit bucking. And he made a great bucking horse. Cause that's what he wanted to do. Uh, do Bronx get spur sores on their shoulders? Some of the spurs guys use look pretty gnarly. And I said, not that often. That's not the goal of any Bronx rider. PRCA rules say they have to be a five point row and they are far from sharp. If you've seen quote unquote gnarly rouse on a bronc rider spurs, then he wasn't a professional. That's real talk. Like you don't want to cut a bronc or a bull ever. And maybe there's a world where something happens where like I it you just don't see it. I, I just you just don't see it. Guys will talk about combing one's hair and it's like you part their hair where that spur comes down, but it is just not a painful thing for them you know these spurs are horses are their flesh is different their skin is different i mean negative six degrees they're outside you know no no blanket on so they're just different than humans that's the problem everybody thinks that these horses they think of like their pain tolerance in terms of like a human's pain tolerance and it's just not the same you know humans and animals are different i mean Leroy poops outside a lot but he's not an animal okay why are they so fast? It's because they are flight animals. They are typically not going to like stay and fight, you know, like like a bull might come after you on the pasture. Very rarely is a horse going to come after you. Yes, there may be an exception to the rule where you've got a stud that's, you know, really aggressive and he'll come from a long ways, but like horses are flight animals. You spook a horse, that's someone going to take off. That's why the fact that they buck like a bucking horse is it's proof that, that, um, they want to do it because, and that the flank doesn't hurt them because if it hurt them, they would run off. If they didn't want to buck, they would run off. So anytime you see a horse like really jumping and kicking, he's got the option to run. 
but he doesn't want to. He wants to buck. And that's just a thing that's in these animals that when they're really good at it, they can have this cool job that they otherwise wouldn't have. Um, but essentially horses, their eyes are on the sides of their heads. Like they're a prey animal. They're not a predator animal. And the eyes are on the side of their heads. They've got almost a 360 field of view. They can't see directly behind them. Like right behind them, they can't see directly in front of them. That's why Boone, see, I just hit the mic because I put my hand in front of like as if most of y'all can even see me. I know some of you are listening on YouTube. Thank you. You might be watching, but most of you are on iTunes, Spotify. Um, so my hand gestures are doing you no good. Anyhow, um, that's why Boone went to the vet that time, you know, because he couldn't see right in front of him and he hit that, he hit his head on that gate, you know, right between his eyes. Um, humans, we're predators. We've got, you know, our teeth are different even. We're omnivorous. We've got these wolf teeth right here that are ready to chew into meat. And uh, so our eyes are in the front of our heads because we're predators, old son. Anyway, when I was a kid, I heard a guy, he had been in prison and had this cool um, story where he had, you know, kind of recovered and built a new life. And uh, his name was Quirt. And Quirt said, there's two types of people in this world, Dale. There's predators and there's prey. And I remember being in a meeting, in a, a business meeting in my future, and uh, the lady said, there's two types of people in this world, world, Dill. And I said, predators and prey. And I was like, because we were being sentimental. And she said, no, those who think farts are funny and those who don't. And I said, ah. Oh. So apparently there's four types of people. Anyway, um, yeah, why are they so fast? That's why. What do you do if you know you're going to fall off and is there a right way to do it? And at first, it's like, man, this is an odd question, you know, because you're falling off a horse and, you know, Dale, I don't get bucked off anyway. So that's hard for Dale to answer. But even to, you know, the average listener out there, this question might seem odd, but Really, it's a good question. When you are coming off a horse, whether you're bucked off or you're jumping off after you got on a, getting off a bucking horse or a um, ranch bronc, you want to roll to your belly. Remember those four words. If you ever ride a horse, remember those four words, roll to your belly. Because if your foot hangs in the stirrup and you haven't rolled to your belly, then <clears throat> the way your foot is shaped and you're behind the horse, your foot may hang in, in the... If you're dragging behind the horse with your foot in the stirrup and you roll to your belly, your foot will turn over and it should twist it out of the stirrup. So that that's the way God... That's why God designed your foot the way it is. And that's why um, I designed stirrups the way they are. Because when you roll out your foot, when you roll to your belly, your foot will twist out. So roll to your belly. Remember those four words... My dad had taught me that, and I was one and a half revolutions around a round pin getting drugged behind a horse when I remembered it. Um, and then I rolled to my belly. I came right out. I got a scar on my ribs to show for, hey, you should have, you know, gotten there quicker in your mind. But I'll never forget it now. I'll tell you that. So um, go ahead and plant that there so that you don't have to be drugged around a round pin three times before you're like, oh, yeah, Dale said to roll to your belly. Or worse, you're out in a pasture, not a round pen. Trees, water, Ugh. roll your belly. And wear, wear some, some leather-soled, you know, 
kind of narrow boots. Um, you know, not the thick double stitched roper. Well, the roper heel doesn't have anything to do with it, but like there used to be a boot that was like, you know, just wide double stitch. Don't get you some RC custom boots, single stitched, something to go in and out of that stirrup easy. Now, not too far in. You don't want to go all the way through. A little roll into your belly may not help you there. Um, any recommendations on Western riding schools? Uh, Craig Cameron. He's got clinics at his house right outside of Stephenville. It's Bluffdale, Texas. I went there and apprenticed for him a couple of summers as a kid. And uh, he was my best friend. Golly, it was some some good summers. But Craig Cameron, he would, he would put on these three-day horse clinics, kind of like you're going to basketball camp. You know, you bring your horse. He's got cabins you stay in. I don't know what he charges, but it's not enough for what you're going to get out of it. Um, I always said my, my old man taught me how to be a cowboy. Craig taught me how to have soft hands, you know, whenever you're training colts or just riding your everyday horse. You don't have to just be training colts. Um, but, yeah, Craig's got – he's also got a YouTube channel packed with info on how to train horses, packed. So if you can't go to one of his clinics, just look up his YouTube channel, Craig Cameron. He's got a, a son, Cole, who's in the business now, has put on clinics in Australia, all over. Um, so check them both out. Would you ever consider to return to France to check out European Rodeo? I went once, and I put, I said it would have to pay way better than it did last time. Last time they paid for my flight over there. I felt like the born supremacy the whole time, or, or really more like like taken. Like I was just like watching all the exits and like, Everybody, like we went to one rave bar one night after the rodeo and we had one guy with us. He was a loose cannon. Me and Caesar kid Ben Wellis were like, we became tight that weekend. Cause we like were back to back watching all the exits, but we were in this rave bar thing and they had like a balcony, like just like you would imagine in the movies. Now I, I don't, I don't know much about France other than they've got some really, they do some wonderful things with, potatoes you know what i'm saying uh thank you for that you know i love french fries but essentially i don't want to be stuck in this bar at two in the morning like in the middle of this city rave bar black lights and i'm sticking out like a sore thumb because i got a straw hat on you know anyways you can you can imagine why i got a little homesick that's really the only time i get homesick is when i go out of the country not necessarily mexico because I like, you know, chase a few ponies at Pedro Flores. But, but like, if I was, like, in Canada, I was kind of homesick. France, Costa Rica, Australia, I was kind of homesick. Just because I, I don't mind. I'll be anywhere in the U.S., but I might be a little homesick out, out of the country. I don't I, – I can feel just at home, you know, at, you know, Mitchell, South Dakota at a rodeo, but not necessarily France. So you have to pay me. What's the best starter horse? And I would say a gentle one. Do not, quote unquote, learn with the horse. You know, it sounds good in theory. Kind of like mini bareback riding sounds good. Like, we'll just put them on these mini horses. But it doesn't equate. No, 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 no. Just because the horse is half the size of a regular horse and your four-year-old is half the height of, a, of, a, of an adult, like, that doesn't mean we should put four-year-olds on mini horses. Yes, I mean that. I do not agree with putting four- and five-year-old kids on many horses. 
Same thing here. What's the best starter horse? Get a good horse, at least gentle, and will turn right and left and go forward and back and stop when you want it to. I'm not saying he's got to be like a, a freaking show pony. I'm just saying like you don't want to get some bucking scamp and you don't even know how to get this sucker to bend around. You know what I mean? Like you don't know what getting him to flex or collect or any, you know. Figure out what a lead is before you get a cult to start. What's the best place to buy a good broke horse? I said it's all in who you know. The good ones cost money. If you don't know anyone, there are horse sales all over, and I put buyer beware. Um, there are also people all over the Internet. Buyer beware there also. Just do your homework. Horse trading is the oldest you know, form of trade in the book. So, I mean, like, it's even a term. Like, man, that guy's kind of a horse trader. And they're not talking about he trades horses. They're talking about, like, he wheels and deals. Just And, and I think it might get a bad rap just because of that slang term, just because it's an old form of one of the older forms of trade. But the point is, is, like, sometimes you get a snake. And there's snakes in every industry. I'm not just saying that somebody that sells a horse is, is, a, is a snake, but you've heard the horror stories of somebody going to a sale barn and they get a doped up horse and then they get home and it's a completely different horse. There's one in my brother-in-law's pasture right now. And they call my, my nieces call that horse linen and she is a terror. And I mean, wants to flip over backwards if she's not running off. And, uh, but at sale barn, it was just kind of doped up. So go to a sale barn with someone who knows something about horses or buy a horse from someone that you think you can trust. So, um, but same thing with like a car, you know I mean? Like it's, it's not just this industry, it's any industry, but the more you know about cars, the better deal you're probably going to get as far as like what you might pay for it, what you might, you know, what you're getting into as far as the quality of, you know, of the car. So just be smart there. But I didn't really answer your question. Where's the best place? Like I know Bowie has a horse auction. The four sixes has one in the Ramuda sale. Those are really high. There's one up North that Ike Sankey puts on like in Wyoming or something. And those horses sometimes get high. There's little, there's one down in something starts with an E not Elbert, but Elkhart, Elkhart in uh, East Texas down like South of Palestine. I think there's, they got one that's like monthly. I think the one in Bowie is monthly. They used to have one in Lubbock. These are all in Texas. I know they don't help you guys that are in like Pennsylvania. Um, but uh, essentially like look for a, a horse sale and, and you might meet someone there that can fill your needs. So like you don't necessarily buy one there, but it's all about meeting people and who, you know, ranches, most ranches, like if they don't have their own little horse sale, they're going to probably be keeping those horses for a purpose, you know? Um, what saddle is on him in this picture? And it's it's a Billy Cook saddle. It's a um, got a seat rigging in it, and um, it's it's one I just got from them that I really enjoy. Which horse besides Boone is your favorite, and which one of the Buckers have been to the pros? Buckethead is kind of my go-to outside of Boone. If I need to, you know, somebody calls like we got something on the highway, I'm getting Buckethead, you know, because he's the most well-rounded horse. Um, Buster Rhymes is super handy, but he might buck with me at the beginning, which I w wouldn't be good for the highway. Bandito is gentle and can go fast, but he's kind of small. He's not a stout. Um, 
I, I won't go on and on about it, but Buckethead, he, that's that's my dude there. As far as my Buckers, uh, Baptist has been to the NFR, and Brisket, I think, has been to the circuit finals. So they're both pro-rodeo-type horses. I want to get started in rodeo riding bareback. I've never never done it before. I would do a couple of things. Number one, I would first go to a school. There's a lot of them all over. Sankey Rodeo Schools, they have the most. They do schools a few times a month all over the country. They do two of them at New Caney, Texas. That's the one I went to the most often. I don't know where else they've got some coming up, but, um, oh, dang. Gosh darn it, I need to call them back. Lyle wanted me to help with this. Dang it. Oh, Got a lot on my mind. I got a bunch of voicemails, too. So I need to call that guy back. <clears throat> but Sankey Rodeo Schools, there's a Thanksgiving Rodeo School that Stay Smith has. Most stock contractors uh, will have maybe a school a year, um, just so somewhere to get a lot of their horses bucked, a lot of their colts bucked, full disclosure. But if you know that going into it, you know, and you need the outs, then it's not a bad gig. Are horses easy or hard keepers? I said there's no such thing as, as an easy keeper in the ranching industry. You got to water them every day. You got to feed them every day. You got to make sure that they're not getting cut up by wire, eating, you know, toxic Johnson grass that just shot up or molded hay. You got to, I mean, like Boone, probably the way that this person, I mean, this person sounds like they know the answer to the question the way they asked it. Are your horse, oh, are my horses easy keepers or hard keepers? My horses. Oh, mine are easy. I read that question wrong. Uh, mine are easy because I thought they said are there. Anyway, sorry. Because I've got them on a really good feed, total feeds. It's complete. I don't have to add supplements to it. I make sure they get the right amount, clean water. I don't have barbed wire, um, which if you have barbed wire, that's fine. But it's just one less thing I have to worry about. So, yeah, mine are easy. Where'd you get Buckethead? Garrison Gable, down by um, Somerville. Brenham, north of Houston, College Station area, Somerville. Uh, Garrison Gable. He, he's he got a few for sale here and there. You're going to probably have to pay for them because they're pretty nice. What do people look for in potential pickup horses? Seems they're always the best horses. They usually are because what they look for is everything. They want them to be big and stout, fast and aggressive, willing to bump up against a bucker. Um, so how do I get my mule to stop throwing me off? And I said, sell him. Again, one of those things like people have purposes for different animals, like a mule or a donkey. I'm not one of those people. Sorry, my mic got messed up for a second. I'm not one of those people. Um, I'm not knocking it. I just, I don't. There's a lot of people that do, and they get along with them. I just, I don't have them. But if there's one bucking, and you don't, I mean, I don't know, just get another one. Uh, what's the best thing to do to not fall off a horse when it's bucking? And so I put a, 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 a little video of a ranch bronc ride from Seymour. I don't remember the gentleman's name, but he made a good made a good ride, uh, lift and stay back. Same thing with saddle bronc and, uh, saddle bronc riding is like uh, a boxing match. You know, there's fundamentals you stick to, and you've got the equipment that set you up for, you know, to be successful. If you execute those fundamentals, ranch bronc riding is like a street fight. And these horses, 
there's still fundamentals in place that if you execute them, you'll probably be all right. But the way that saddle is shaped, like it's, it's set up for you to ranch in, not rodeo in. And, uh, so way different than saddle bronc, way different. What's the rankest bronc you've ever been on? Uh, I put the top four. Number one, medicine woman frontiers. Number two, Ned Pepper, stay Smith. Number three, I think her number was 10. It was a pretty woman. It was a, a horse of high lows. Number four was Copper Top. Number 30, his his uh, brand was 33, and he was Pete Cars. And oh, I put five. And then the fifth one then is Jake. It's a black horse that my dad owned. Big Jake. Big Jake and Ned Pepper. Those two jerked my chin out from from under me. Well, a bunch of them have. But what's the best way to get them used to being roped off of and i said to rope off of them sorry guys like i'm part of the way i make my living is literally sarcasm so you you got to come to expect it i am once again asking you what kind of jeans you ride in smiley face i i am once again telling you rock and roll denim reflex they've got they help me with the mobility i need to spur them in the fat neck would you ever consider getting an arabian I used a very interesting gif here of the guy from Always Sunny in Philadelphia with the ball guy where he's no, 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 no. So picture that. Do you shoe your own horse or do you get a fairy? I said, I've never known a fairy that could shoe a horse, but I do have a farrier that does a pretty good job. His name's Corey Pippen. He's got only a very limited number of clients. Um, he doesn't shoe a lot, but when he does, he does a good job. Where do I get the best bull rope and glove? I said Barstow, Pro Rodeo. Know any head horses for sale? Miles Baker. I put on here Trevor and Relentless Nation, but they, in their story, sent everyone to Miles Baker. So uh, Miles and Trevor partner together on a lot of stuff. What's the best way to keep a hyper horse under control? I said put a bunch of miles on him. How many miles? All the miles. How many miles? More than you. Where's the best place to go to college to be a bronc rider and they said hint the answer is clarendon clarendon's pretty good um a&m has a really strong rodeo texas a&m huntsville the rodeo coach there his name is bubba miller he's got a practice pin on tuesdays for the college and then he's got a practice pin at his house on sundays down the road at his cowboy church so if you go to huntsville you could get on three or four two or three three or four on tuesday two or three, three or four on Sunday, and then you're going to go to college rodeos. It's right in the heart of a ton of AMI rodeos and pro rodeos. But I assume if you're in college, for the most part, a lot of those guys are going to be going to AMI rodeos. So I there's a lot of schools around there. Hill College, Wharton, that, you know, Panola in that area. But um, I don't know their system as well. Like, they're probably really good, some of those rodeo coaches. But I just spent a long time at Bubba's Cowboy Church over the years. And so Tech is, I mean, uh, Huntsville, Sam Houston State is pretty solid place to go. Even if you're roping, doesn't have to be bronc rider. But um, Stephenville, they got a good one. What shape does JB wear? I said it's American hat, and JB shapes it himself. How do you build muscle or best exercise for your horses? I put total feeds and miles. Put the miles on him, old son, and uh, feed him a good feed. 
do you give any supplements to your senior horses? If so, what? I said, no, because total feeds is a complete feed. So I've got a one horse with no teeth, dollar, and he looks good because he gets eight pounds of total feeds a day. He can't, he ain't getting nothing out there in the pasture. He can't even eat hay. He got to have total feeds, period, because he doesn't have any teeth. And so total feeds is complete and it gives him everything he needs. Where would you most likely get the best riding gear? This is where I put I put Teskies and NRS world. So, do you think there's a certain horse age limit to stop rodeoing on them? Sorry if this doesn't make sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Levi Lord went to the NFR this last year, 2020, on a horse that was 24 years old. He's turning steers at the NFR. So he rodeoed on him most of the year. He's probably got another one. I can't remember, but he's probably got two horses. But his go-to rodeo rig was a 24-year-old pony. So that's a pretty good rule of thumb. How to fix a buddy sour horse. You become his buddy. Take him away from his other one. Would you ever ranch on any mules? I said, what do you think Buckethead is? Last question. Do you think the horse market is going down anytime soon? And I said, nope. Because I don't think that has as much to do with horses as it does... um, inflation we're not going to go there but the the dollar and how anyways whatever um it is what it is and we're going to have a positive attitude all right i'm not going to go there but the other thing i would encourage you is you know if you are going to get a horse i did get i got i'm going to share this one other thing somebody sent me it was pretty exciting um this guy sent me a picture of him and his horse hey dale now almost a year and a half after my wreck i have awesome news because of your help a couple years ago and me getting connected with the right people i now own my first horse and am living my dream of working with cattle and rodeo the broken arm didn't stop me from working the shoot however it's about time i got back in the saddle and started living my dream again can't thank you enough old son um anyway Love getting to share the the message and grow the industry, um, ranching and rodeo. So they are both um, relatively dangerous endeavors. So be careful. But uh, man, I wouldn't want to have been raised around any other industry. One thing you do need to be mindful of with horses, though, is um, how sensitive their tummies can be. Uh, my dad said if we, if if we could cross a horse and a and a equine and bovine and give you know a horse the stomach that bovine had and give bovine the respiratory that the equine had that we'd have a pretty awesome animal so you know cows cattle are are ruminant animals they have four stomachs they can eat a little bit of molded hay and be just fine they're going to process it but you know, if they're a yearling in the winter time and the, the temperatures change real quick and they go through a cell barn, then they're gonna have trouble breathing and get pneumonia and die on you. Um, I'm gonna wrap it up. I gotta go. I've got some stuff coming up. But um, so you've got some strengths and weaknesses there. Horses they can run and go all day, you know. But then again, their stomachs are a little sensitive. They're gonna be. Um, <clears throat> they better eat the right the right feed and better not be old hay good clean water but sometimes you can't avoid a horse colicking and you need to be aware of the signs joe that works for me uh probationary intern caught badger um colicking and um it was just too late 
and we lost him. He was a young horse, three years old, kind of smaller, had a little bit different build than most horses. Was a was a unique horse, you could tell, you know. Um, I don't think that's what contributed to his colic because he had never done it before. And he had been on the same feeding pattern and schedule for about two years, same along with the other horses in the herd. And so I, I don't believe it was, you know, the the temperature changed. And sometimes they just do that, you know. So anyway, what I would encourage is, is you know, be sure you got good feed, clean water. And if you feed them hay, really clean hay. Um, but, you know, sometimes accidents happen in, in life and badger met with a bad one. Best thing to do with death is ride off from it. So thanks for listening, tuning into the podcast. It was kind of a little more informative than it was uh, exciting stories with uh, with random people. But, uh, you know, it was good to get to share it. Maybe you got value out of it. And uh, I'm sure you did. I'm the greatest of all time. So you're welcome. But look out for uh, look out for the new merch that I'm wearing right now in the podcast. For those of you only listening in, you can't see it, but I've got on an awesome cap and an awesome shirt that you must check out on DaleBrisby.com. Um, we've got all kinds of new caps, t-shirts. We've got, what do we have? Shades. I'm wearing Rodeo Time shades. They say Rodeo Time on them. We've even got candles coming. And what it is is just more options for people that um, they know what time it is. And what time is it right now? Rodeo time. Rodeo time Tuesday. It's actually Tuesday also while I'm recording this. So matter of fact, I got to get to a rodeo. I'm going to a big ad of money bull riding and that's that's where I'm, I'm headed. So thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. We're on to the next one, dalebrisby.com. And check out, um, text me what you thought about the podcast and, and include the word podcast and uh, text me 940-353-0890. And I'm going to close out with my, my life lesson for the day. And that is, if you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. Pow, pow.